Thank you for listening to the Sisters Podcast with Pastor Vilma and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a monthly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help you in your daily life. We pray that this message will help you in whatever season of your life you might be in. You know, as we come around the Word this evening um, and, and we look at the Word of God, let's just take a moment to look back at the season that we've been through. Um, we're still going through the season, but we understand a lot of things better now. We're feeling a little bit better about going outside. I remember I was so paranoid I would go and open my front gate and then sanitize my hands. What for? But that's, that's because we didn't know. We know so much more now than, than we did then. Amen. And so there was a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty about um, our health, our well-being, our children, our spouse, our neighbors, our parents, the children's schooling, about our careers, our work, about how to do church. We had to find out how to make life work. And it's been a very, very difficult time, and we had to learn a new way. Homeschooling. Mother suddenly discovered, oh, I can teach my child, actually. I can teach my child, you know. And so all these months behind us, um, we may have got into new habits and not good ones. Um, and, you know, we may have changed our thinking. Our thinking may have changed. Our devotion to God may have changed. And uh, so I want to hopefully, at this last sisters, point us all in the direction I believe God wants us to go. And so, because, you know, if we've fallen into new ruts and habits, uh, we, ha we have got to a place where we are stuck, and we're going nowhere. Um, so I want to read Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3 to us. It says, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Now, who felt like they were like a fallen tree? during this season, and there we lay. We lay on the couch, we lay on the bed. You know, and going beyond the physical, physical lying down, but you know what God wants for us? He wants us to be active, He wants us to be alive, He wants us to build new muscle, He wants us to grow new wood on that tree that fell, amen, that needs to spring to life. And so, um, it has been said that a, a rut is a coffin where the ends kicked out, meaning you are alive while you're actually dead and you're not going anywhere. In fact, the real definition of a rut is a groove or pattern that keeps us down and stuck in a holding pattern. Well, for the first time in my entire life, I got into a holding pattern of comfort eating last year. And I put on about 10 kilos. I know I hid it very, very well. I mean, I had to weigh myself for my doctor because she put me on medication and I got the shock of my life. Because, hello, if you don't weigh yourself every now and again, you're going to go there. But the comfort eating, I was stuck in this holding pattern of eating healthy, but too much. Dates. Mona had to go and buy healthy chips. I mean, we... Just look straight ahead if that was you, okay? <laughs> now, holding pa patterns are not good for us because there are good reasons for us to break out of these patterns, out of these ruts. Number one, it's too secure and safe. It's too comfortable. 
And it shrinks your life when God wants to enlarge your life. Who knows God wants to enlarge our lives? Amen. He wants to enlarge us. So I want to speak tonight on the topic of reinvent yourself. And to reinvent yourself is not easy. It, it's, it's, it takes guts, and it's difficult. I found this anonymous quote. It says, the most successful people in life are those who have learned to grieve well, and the most successful people in life are those who can reinvent themselves. And we know there's been a lot of grieving. We, we have no idea who is sitting in our midst tonight and what you've been through and what you've faced. But if you have learned to grieve well, because some people in life don't grieve well, um, it takes them out. It takes them out emotionally. It's not well with their soul. But if you can learn to grieve well, well with the help of God, and if you can reinvent yourself, you will be very successful. Amen? So I want to ask this question. Are you going to allow God to change you and grow you? Because the choice is ours. Did you know that we can resist God? We can say, Lord, I don't want... I don't want you, what you have for me, and I don't want to grow, and I want to be exactly as I am. Well, then you're just going to go backwards. You're going to settle, and God never wants any of us to settle, but he wants us to change from one degree of glory to the next. And that famous scripture that I always love quoting, 2 Corinthians 3 from verse 17, it says, Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's up to us, amen? We need to behold His glory. And read that passage, you'll, you'll get the gist of why the unveiled face is speaking about Moses. And, you know, if we are not developing our lives and improving we are growing stagnant and we're going backwards. And, and, you know, if spiritually during this season, if you were like off your guard, you would have lost ground spiritually. You would have come to that place that's where you said to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what's happened to me. Where are you, Lord? You've lost ground. The truth is he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Amen. And he's ready as you call upon his name. And so it's just the feelings that we have and that, you know, that, that we struggle with. And so the scripture also says that we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We get it. It's free. Jesus paid the price. But now we've got to walk it out and work it out. Amen. So there's work for us to do. Um, sometimes we need a shake up and a wake up. And uh, in the book of Revelation, the church was in a rut. And they were in need of reinvention. And we read that in Revelations chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. It's the Lord is speaking through the Apostle John. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, that what you have received, heard and obeyed and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. You know, we are the church, and we can't afford to be in a rut. And we need to keep reinventing ourselves as individuals 
And that is why my prayer tonight was, God, speak beyond my words, because you know where you're at, and you know, um, you know what God is tugging at your heart about at, at this time. Amen. And so, yeah, so the Holy Spirit is our helper who will come alongside us, who will fill us, who will empower us, and will help us and guide us, amen, out of the place that we find ourselves in and make Jesus real. So the first thought this evening is start with your walk with God. If you want to be reinvented as a, as a person, start with your walk with the, with the Lord. When you are born again, by the way, you are reinvented, you're transformed, you are renewed, you receive new life, new birth, amen? And all the successes that you will achieve in this life starts with your successful walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Don't say, oh, I can't change, this is who I'll be. No, 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 no. We can do all things, amen? Start with your walk, you know, don't reinvent God's values, Reinvent your, your obedience. Shall I say that again? Because we're living in a world where people are wanting to reinvent God's values. Don't, don't do that. Reinvent your obedience. Amen. Matthew 6, 33 to 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Be a God chaser not a world chaser. And make sure you have a personal relationship with him. Commit your plans to him. Include him. Put him at the center. Lord, what do you think? Will you show me? Will you guide me? Will you give me your, your peace? That is what I'm talking about. Amen. And so, you know, to truly invent yourself will take more than an outward thing. Oh, I'm going to lose 20 kilos and I'm going to have a complete hair makeover and whatever, make over, and those are fun things. I'm all for it. I love it. I love seeing people reinventing themselves. But actually, you start, you don't start from the outside in. You start from the inside out. Amen. John Maxwell says, everything about you says something about you. And he's not talking about just what you, you see on the out, outside. The inner beauty flows from inside to the rest of your lives. And you know, we can beautify ourselves, truly, but beautify ourselves with God, and then we will be truly reinventing ourselves. And the way that we can see that reinvention in us is the way we treat people. The compassion we have for the poor, for instance. We went to uh, an informal settlement, two of them, on Wednesday, and it's, it's haunting me. This rain that I'm hearing, it's haunting me. And, and I'm not, ooh, not saying look at me, but I can say follow me as I follow Christ because it will tell you if you've been beautified on the inside by God's Holy Spirit, if you can weep with those who weep, amen? And if you can feel for what other people are going through, the poor who don't know, have a clue how we live, who, who would be amazed. And maybe it's because they don't know Therefore, they, they can just cope with what they're doing in the townships and how they're living. But if you want to beautify yourself um, from the inside out with God, you will have peace in turmoil. Amen? 
You'll have peace in turmoil. And so with God at the center of our lives, we will present our new reinvented selves reflecting the image of God and people will be able to say she is beautiful inside and out. Second thought this evening is be be decisive. If you want to reinvent yourself, be decisive. You know, again, the Holy Spirit, Spirit will bring the best out in us. The Holy Spirit knows what's in us. He knows our potential. He knows there's so much more in us, and he wants to bring the best out in us. But we have to make the decision. Amen? And in, the, in Revelation 3.2, I read it earlier to you, but in the message paraphrase, I love what it says, and I double-checked with Pastor Andre because he's not a big fan of the message because it is a paraphrase, okay? Um, it says, up on your feet, take a deep breath. Maybe there's life in you yet. So now what is our response when we hear that? Up on your feet, take a deep breath. Is it, yes, amen, I'm going to be up on my feet. Show me if you mean business tonight. Up on your feet. Up on your feet. (laughs) Take a deep breath. Is it, yes, and amen? You may be seated. You may be seated. Is it, yes, and amen, or is it, I think I will think about it, or I'm going to be, I'm going to pray about it. No, 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 no. Make the decision to reinvent yourself uh, and, and ask yourself, who am I and who do I want to become? Amen. And it should be like this. Yes, I am going to spend more time with God. I'm up on my feet. Yes, I'm going to w- work on my marriage. Yes, I'm going to study. Yes, I'm going to create a new business. Uh, yes, I'm going to pay off my debt. Yes, I'm going to be a kinder person, a more compassionate person. Whatever you have decided in this room and at home, the time for reinvention is now. Don't wait for the new year. New Year's resolutions. You know, the future, we're in it. We're in the future we dreamt about maybe a few years ago or a few months ago, and the future will just keep unfolding. Let's do it now, okay? You know what impressed me? We got stories, feedback. Many people in our church, they reinvented new businesses during the lockdown. They started baking. They started making cakes, cookies. Um, they started pressing juices. I, I know I was buying juice from, from one of the girls in church. They started sewing, and who knows what else, because I know we're going to hear some amazing stories that our mouths or our jaws are going to hang open when we listen to what people have done to reinvent themselves. And these people reinvented themselves, and you know, respectfully, and I was thinking about it, Jesus was trained to be a carpenter. He worked with his hands, but actually... He was transformed into who he was meant to be. Maybe the word is transitioned. He transitioned from being a carpenter working with his hands into becoming the Messiah and the Savior of the world. And so I can just think right now of many people saying, I'm at that point where I need to transition into something else and God will be with me and God will be glorified through it. Amen. So throughout the word, we see how Bible characters changed and became better uh, people. And um, the question is, what about us? Let's learn from 
a few characters, simple girls who did extraordinary things, and I'm going to just look at three of them tonight, Rahab, Ruth, and Esther. And, you know, we read in the book of Joshua about Rahab. She was a prostitute. In fact, long after she was no longer a prostitute, she was still labeled Rahab the prostitute. And I think the Bible was written in that way to send all of us a message that it doesn't matter what people label you, if you reinvent yourself and you transition into a better life, into a better person, God can use you. So the story goes that she was in Jericho, and the Jewish spies came to Jericho to spy out the land because they wanted to capture Jericho. And she decided to hide the spies. And then the king of Jericho came and said, I heard you've got two Jewish spies. Where are they? And she told them a long yarn. Meanwhile, they were up on the roof hiding under some flax. And then, obviously, when the king left and um, she was enabled to speak to them, she started speaking to them about God. And we've heard these amazing stories about your God, how he split the Red Sea, how your people walked through on dry land, and so on and on and on it went. And then there was a beautiful promise that was made because she wanted to serve this God. And it says in Joshua 6.25, so the story goes that obviously there was this invasion, but a promise was made to her that if she put a sil uh, um, silver, if she put a scarlet thread on her window, she will be saved. And that's the story of salvation, isn't it? The blood of Jesus. So it says here, so Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Well, I believe her offspring lives among the people of Israel. So, she's also mentioned in the chapter of faith, Hebrews 11, 31. It says, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies and was not killed with those who refused to obey God. Isn't it a beautiful story? You know, it, it's like she married a man called Solomon, and um, she had a son, and then the story continues. Let's, let's listen to what Ruth was about. She was a Moabitess, although she served another god. When she was widowed and her mother-in-law was widowed, she decided to follow her mother, and I've always loved these words. I said to God these words myself when I was called in full-time ministry, not completely like this, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Can you hear the decision? All the decisions, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. So now here's this beautiful thing. So Ruth marries Boaz. And Boaz is the son of Rahab. I mean, isn't that amazing how God works, right? All in the line of King David, all in the line of the Lord Jesus. There's a prostitute in the line of Jesus' forefathers. I mean, there's a Moabite Tess. Um, 
that's in the line of our Messiah. And, you know, these women, they reinvented themselves, and it's a beautiful story. And then it tells you, um, you know, how these two women are basically connected and the different pasts that they had, but their offspring played an incredible part, and that's why we are sitting here today. It says in Ruth 4.21.22, Solomon, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. These women reinvented themselves, and God used them in a very significant way. Amen? And I, th I think he's saying, how can I use you, daughter? How can I use you? Are you willing to be transformed? Are you willing to, to reinvent yourself? Are you willing to, to listen to me and hear my voice and sense my healing? Can we see we're putting God first and being a decisive person can lead one? Amen? And then Esther. Esther was a Jewish teenager in captivity who entered a beauty competition. It's in the Bible. So enter Miss South Africa. It's okay. We will root for you. And she was mentored by her uncle. And she won the, the competition. But you know what? She struggled to make decisions at first. The first one was, do I have to be in a competition for heaven's sake? I'm a Jewish girl. What must I do in a competition? Well, she did it. And then the other one was when Haman, the enemy of the people of God, got his murderous threats going, Mordecai, her uncle, said, you do need to go to the king. Now, you must understand something here. It's not that easy. You, you need to go to the king and, and, and you know, prepare this banquet and, and whatever. The thing is, in those days, he was not a Christian or a Jewish king. In those days, the king could not even be approached by his wife. He had to summon everybody that came into his presence. And the beautiful thing is she made this decision, and she was going to do this thing to save her people. And once she made that decision, God used her. And today the Jewish nation still celebrate her. Esther 4.15, it says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather everyone of, together, all the Jews, sorry, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in and see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and hid everything, did everything as Esther had ordered him. Can you imagine? listening to the words of this young teenage girl with the authority now to when she was first approached by her uncle to enter the, um, the pageant, so to speak. And here she is so decisive, so determined, so used of God. And, you know, this is what I want to say. Be decisive on your journey of reinventing yourself. Amen? Jump on your feet. Take a deep breath. Yes, Lord. Amen. Not only will you change your life, but you will change the destiny and lives of your family. My children's destiny are changed because Pastor Andre and I gave our hearts to Jesus. And your children's destiny and your family's destiny will be changed because you followed Jesus. You made that decision and you were reinvented. 
My third and last thought this evening is choose your friends wisely on the, re on the journey of reinvention. So if we look at the three women, uh, Rahab, Ruth, and Esther, they all had very good women around them, very good people around them, a support system we heard Simi spoke about to tonight. And they aligned themselves with the right people. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Be careful who you let into your life. Align yourself with the right people because people can either lift you up or they can drag you down. Amen? And, um, you know, the main thing is that people lift you up and closer to God. Not friends who only say how wonderful you are and how amazing you are and how beautiful and look at you and you're always so smart. And, you know, those are all lovely compliments, but are they saying something that brings you closer to God? Amen? That is so important. And so... These three women, they lived significant lives, and God made sure that there were people to come in their future to lift them up and to point them to God. Amen. And then you have someone in the Word of God that I want to use as an example who was totally dragged down, dragged down by unbelievers and by the world, and it's a man called Samson. And we read about his birth and his life in Judges chapter 13 to 15. And this is the story. He was called of God. You know, he was he-man of the Bible. He-man and the masters of the universe kind of person. I'm telling you, all these sci-fi movies and things that you see and books that you read, they all went to the Bible to get all these ideas from. Because there he was. He was so strong. He could... Mung, as they say in the cave. He could mung a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. I mean, talk about sci-fi. I can just hear the sound effects in my, in my head. Anyway, he was called to be a Nazarite, set apart by God. His parents couldn't have children. It was a miracle. The angel appeared. The angel flew off in the flames. There goes the sci-fi. Go read it for yourself. It's absolutely incredible. He was set apart for the purposes of God, but what did he do? The naughty bloke. Do you know that he would be, if they made a movie of Samson and they majored on his, on his disobedience, he'd be hailed, it would be the Oscar winner of the year because the world would hail and honor someone who's actually dishonorable. That's just where we're at in this world. Amen? And so, his parents were devoted but you know what he did? He married a Philistine girl who he should never have married because the Philistines were the enemy of God and God's people. So you go and marry, you align yourself with that family that's the enemy of God, totally against God, totally worshiping other gods. And he disobeyed God. Then he abandoned her. And then he slept with prostitutes. And then he partied and you just read and it's like, geez, this sounds like 2021. I mean, he is like, he, he's sozzled, he's with prostitutes. Um, and then he ended up with Delilah, who took him down. And he lost his hair, he lost his strength. They poked out his eyes, and I was reading this and thinking about it, and I thought he was spiritually blind long before he lost his physical eyes. And you know, sadly... Samson tried to reinvent himself when it was too late. And in reinventing himself, 
He died with the Philistines, and his legacy ended there. And I, I want to encourage you tonight. Don't allow the world to take you down. Don't allow the world to make you feel like if you're not with them, you're not included. Well, you actually are not included because we're actually part of a family here of, of believers of faith. Amen? And we are meant to be a royal priesthood. We're meant to be a holy nation. We're meant to be a people belonging to God. And it's going to get harder and harder. Let me tell you, it's going to get harder and harder to be a believer and to stand up for your faith in the days that we are living in. But you stay the path, amen? You keep reinventing yourself. You keep getting closer to God. You keep being a decisive person. And you keep deciding to choose the kind of friends and the kind of people that you're going to surround yourself with. Amen? We saw fantastic proof tonight on the screens as we handed out gifts to girls who were part of watch parties and connect groups. Be with a connect group. That's been our lifeline. Amen? Pastor Andre, that's been our lifeline. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And you know, we all know unbelievers. We all know. We walked yesterday, Pastor Andre and I, and one of the unbelieving people in our estate invited us for coffee sometime. And we felt like this is an invitation from God, and we will take her up on it sometime. Uh, and we know that God will bring unbelievers our way, because we can't live in a bubble. I mean, I was an unbeliever once, and someone came my way and shared the good news with me. And so we've just got to discern and be very discerning about, you know, the people God brings into your life. And if you can't journey with them with the, with the good news, then you know you're not the one that's going to do it for them. God will bring someone else their way. You move on and wait for the next opportunity to lead someone to Christ. Amen. Proverbs 18.24 says, Some friends may ruin you, but a real friend will be more loyal than a brother. And that's what you find within the house of God. That's who Jesus is. Amen? There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and than a sister. Now, as we come to a close this evening, and I'm going to invite Tata to join me because she's going to um, pray for all of us and she's going to close the service. But you know, the ultimate reinvention happens at new birth. At new birth. I don't know if you've noticed people or yourself or people have said to you when you gave your heart to Jesus, as the days unfolded, people said to me, um, you look different. Your eyes are so bright. You, you look more beautiful. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because God, from the inside out, will reinvent you, give you a new slate, give you new life, give you a fresh beginning. And so the first reintervention, the reinvention starts with God, and then we build onto that. God bless you, Tatu. Thank you Tata, so much, as you pray for us. Thank you so much. Ladies, like Pastor Wilma just said, the ultimate reinvention. You can give a round of applause. It's been amazing. Such an incredible message. 
And like Pastor Wilma said, the ultimate reinvention begins with a decision to allow Jesus into our lives. See, it's the first step because like the Bible tells us that when we give our lives to God, we are reborn, we are made new, we become new creations. But again, it begins with saying yes to Jesus, with allowing Him into our hearts. And so ladies, we never stop the service, we never end it without giving you that opportunity. And that opportunity is right now. Right now you have an opportunity to make that decision, to say yes to Jesus, to begin your true reinvention. And so if that is you tonight, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, if you wanna reinvent your life right now, then all you have to do is raise your hand so that we can pray with you. And if you're watching at home, you can raise your hand too and we're gonna pray together. So with every head bowed and nobody looking around, if that is you, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, I don't know what's happened through this year. You know, COVID has happened and we've been away from church and then back in church. Right now you have an opportunity to come back. Or maybe you've never made that decision. You know, you've, you've kind of heard about it, but you've never finally taken the leap. You have an opportunity right now. So if that's you, all you have to do is raise your hand nice and high so we can pray with you. You can raise it nice and high. Thank you so much, ladies. I see that hand. That is a powerful decision that you're making. I see that hand that is powerful. I see that hand down in the balcony. I see that hand that is powerful. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't let this moment miss you. If that is you, raise it nice and high, boldly. I see that hand underneath the balcony. I see that hand on the balcony. I see that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, ladies, if you have made that decision, we're gonna pray right now. You're gonna repeat after me, but we're gonna pray together because we are a family. So let's pray together like this. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I give you my heart. I give you my life as I commit to a life reinvented by you. In your wonderful name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 